Welcome to HIV Frontlines, U.S. Edition, a podcast series from TheBody.com, focusing on frontline workers in the HIV epidemic in the United States. In this series, we'll talk with the dedicated people who work tirelessly to fight HIV, from HIV prevention workers and treatment advocates to outspoken journalists and policymakers. For more information on this podcast, including a full transcript, please visit us on the web. My name is Kai Chandler. I'm from the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, the Adolescent Initiative. I am the program coordinator for our HIV counseling and testing program, and I also provide wellness counseling in our HIV specialty clinic with HIV-infected youth programs that are actually working, I would take a minute to speak just broadly about what's going on in Philadelphia and the HIV prevention community, which I think is just really fantastic. Throughout Philadelphia, we've embraced the community collaboration model. We work in collaboration with each other, and I think that there really is a sentiment that we all have the same vision to, to try to end the spread of HIV here in Philadelphia. Another thing that's unique about our programs here in Philly is that I think that they're really community-based and community-run. A lot of these agencies, when you go in and look to see who's doing the work, who's providing the services, they look a lot like the same people that are receiving those services, which I think is really, really important. In Philadelphia, the the spirit of political activism and grassroots and goes back decades and centuries. And I think that a lot of the people that are working in the HIV prevention field in Philadelphia share that history and and bring that history to bear when they're doing their work in these communities. So I think that that's something that's really, really fantastic and something that works. Bring that specifically back to the HIV prevention. How do you see that working in terms of individual organizations? Hmm. Well, I would say that What's going on is, is, is something a little bit kind of exciting in terms of strategy. The idea is that, you know, everyone do what they do best. So if what you do best is reaching out to MSM youth 14 to 18 that are out of school, that are Latino living in North Philly, then that's what you should do. You should let everyone else around you know what you need to most successfully and effectively get that done. And so I think that that kind of helps us all focus on what can be get done in our unique areas and neighborhoods with our own populations that we work with. CHOP is the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. The program that I work with is the Adolescent Initiative, um, and we're a program within CHOP. What we do is we provide comprehensive health education services throughout the CHOP network. Almost all of our clinics, which are located in the neighborhoods, are satellite clinics and also in the hospital itself. In that context, we provide risk reduction counseling, counseling around family planning services, safer sex, partner negotiation, communication, STD counseling, education, and of course, rapid HIV testing and confirmatory testing. Additionally, at Children's Hospital, we have an HIV specialty clinic where we actually link any new positives that we identify directly into medical care, which again is really, really important because we know that there's a gap there where sometimes people can get lost along the way in between being diagnosed and actually receiving care. We go out to the primary care centers and try to really implement the CDC's recommendation to make routine HIV testing just a part of your clinical experience. You go into your clinic, you have a physical for school, your doctor signs off on the form, you meet with a health educator and they get you tested. Making it that normal um, and comfortable for youth so that we can kind of get those positive habits 
happening early. So then as they grow older and move out of adolescence, routine testing and, and HIV education is just there. It's already been programmed. That seems unusual to be doing in a pediatric hospital environment. HIV testing can be a very difficult sell in a pediatric environment, particularly in a hospital. The reason being that overwhelmingly the care is for babies and children. So a lot of the, the dialogue and discussion is around childhood and, and innocence and the purity that somehow children invoke. So the challenge became saying, well, yes, babies are pretty, but they grow up to have sex <laughs> um, and to potentially expose themselves to HIV and other sexually transmitted infections. And so then how do we reach out to youth at any age, really, and prepare them for the responsibility of becoming sexually active or of being a sexual being? That was definitely one of the challenges, is to kind of insert into this dialogue about pediatric medicine this discussion about this epidemic that's happening all around us and then kind of saying, well, how do we bring that to bear in our clinics that work with children but also work with adolescents? So I think that that was the unique challenge and that's what we've, I think, been pretty effective in in doing and accomplishing. And how did you do it? How do we do it? We did it by being very personable, first and foremost. I would say that we did it by finding the best possible way to package our services given the environment that we were in. Working in a hospital is different from working at an AIDS service organization or a community-based service organization where the drive is for testing and everyone's on the same page and we all feel like there's this obvious plan that we should follow to be effective. And I think that working in a hospital, especially a pediatric hospital, can throw some of that to the wind. you got to start over and figure out, well, what's going to work here, especially because this isn't something that's being done everywhere. So what we did a lot was finding out the right way to kind of package our services, not only to patients, but also to providers, that it's a worthwhile service, that it's something that they should invest in and encourage their patients to follow up with. I think that what we did principally was that we talked about sexual health. We started out by talking about not HIV, not hepatitis, not chlamydia, not buzzword STDs, but by saying we want to start talking about sexual health with our youth. We want to talk about healthy relationships. We want to talk about partner negotiation and communication, which is so, so important when we know that intimate partner violence between youth is just as common as between adults. So we kind of started there by saying... Can we talk to our youth about healthy relationships? Can we talk to them about safer sex, if they're having sex, if they want to, knowing what it is? And then saying, we also want to talk about family planning. We also want to talk about contraceptives and birth control. Focusing at the very center education. Education being the most critical thing. And HIV testing being secondary, really. The thing that we wanted most at the end of the day was for someone to leave knowing more about their risk. And I think that that ended up being the selling point. Really what we want is for someone 14 to 18 to learn something new about their body and how to take care of it that they didn't know before. I think that that that's really how we did it. Why do you think it's particularly important to work with youth and kids, really young folks, around HIV prevention and HIV-related issues? I would say because black and Latino youth are dying. We are dying. We are dying on the streets. We are dying in our homes. We're dying in hospitals. We're dying without the medical care that we need. I think that the youth are really the first front on which we can fight the war against HIV. I think that if you wait 
until someone's 25 or 30 and then say, well, I want to broach this conversation with you about sexual health. Have you ever thought about your sexual health before and what that means? Then you're clearly starting at a disadvantage. You're clearly starting with someone that's had enough life to live to know that they might have some behaviors that they've already really gotten used to having that are already kind of programmed and set and you have to do all the more work to get them to to talk about their risk or to even see their risk. I really, really believe that that working with youth is is the front lines. I think that it's our first step to any long-term, cohesive, comprehensive strategy to end AIDS. If you could implement any program or take any action in terms of fighting against HIV, what would you do? What program would you implement? What would I do? That is a very, very difficult question. I would start out by saying what I think is one of the strengths of AIDS activism in America, which is that a lot of these current contemporary nonprofit AIDS service organizations developed from activist groups, from grassroots efforts to really confront the epidemic in communities across the United States. I think that the agencies that we we're seeing now, those are our ancestors, their forebearers. And I think that what happened in this transition to being this community organizing group into being this nonprofit tax exempt entity is shed a lot of the grassroots community activism honestly a lot of the radicalism that went around some of the really early organizing against AIDS if I could create this agency from from air from nothing I would say that it would be an agency whose primary vision and goal would be to work itself out of existence part of what happens with nonprofits is that they start to exist just to survive to continue and not to say that their goals aren't, aren't worthy in any of themselves, but a lot of grassroots organizing models, the goal is to complete the mission, not to maintain the mission. If you can see the distinction that I'm drawing. If I could create an agency, it would, of course, be youth-led and youth-run. It would have a political education piece, which I think a lot of nonprofits are missing. There's this drive to get our youth tested. There's this drive to, to get them to know about their risk. But there isn't this drive to, to educate them about about the history of AIDS activism are the need for communities to understand how to mobilize for themselves. This political education piece would be really critical, especially because youth would eventually take over or redefine whatever vision that was started by myself or whoever would begin this agency and, and hopefully take it to new levels and to new places. I think that there's this issue with being a, a youth-led agency where really the only people that are on staff are adults and um, kind of hopefully creating a kind of agency or, or really an environment where youth are encouraged to grow to a point where they take over our work, where we hand it off, where we pass the torch and, and not just in a rhetorical way and a literal way. And I think that's missing in a a lot of different agencies, and and that would be something that I'd try to bring if given the opportunity. Why do you think it's important to have the organization be youth-run and youth-led in terms of the organization working against HIV? I would say that the first answer is the most obvious one, which is that we're most receptive to our peers. A lot of the evidence-based interventions coming out of the CDC show that that peer-led outreach, HIV counseling involving peers from communities or from that population is very successful. But I think that in terms of an agency, which is what you're asking, is much broader. I think that 
youth are very rarely asked to participate in the decisions that will affect their lives and the course of history in this country. And do I think that that's a problem? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also think that youth, when they're given the tools and the skills, can make the really, really critical decisions that adults do all the time. Youth have insight that we need. They have experiences that are meaningful, that need to be brought to the table. They can make decisions about their lives and about their communities that probably other people can't. The opinions expressed by hosts or interviewees in this podcast do not constitute professional advice, should not be considered substitutes for professional services, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of Body Health Resources Corporation or its sponsors. Please see the full disclaimer online at thebody.com. If you have comments or questions, please contact us. This has been HIV Frontline's U.S. edition from The Body. Be sure to check in frequently at thebody.com for the latest news and information on HIV. 